Hello and welcome back to the Box to Box podcast. Uh, back again, and I'm here today with Nicholas and Mark. Uh, Nicholas, say hi to the people. Yeah, hi everyone. And Mark, say hi to the people as well. Hi everyone. Yes, back to more regular episodes and uh, just in time, really. Um, we've got Premier League starting next week, so it's only appropriate now to close out the transfer window um, and get right into Premier League stuff. And then obviously later on, we're going to get to World Cup stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, welcome, guys. Uh, I'm actually really excited about this episode. Preseason for me is usually a, a really boring time. Uh, this season, I don't know if you, you guys have been watching games, but I haven't watched like any games in preseason. I just was not interested, not interested at all. So, so, but it was a bit interesting for me this time, just because it was short. And for the games that were being played, I think we saw more first eleven players playing uh, this time around. Most of the time, when it's preseason time, uh, first eleven players don't play. They try to rotate the squads. They try to. Uh, find a way to incorporate new players uh, and different types of players, but with the with the season starting so early, I think a lot of a lot of teams haven't had that opportunity. So for them, bad news. But for me, uh, you know, kind of kind of good news. <laughs> One thing is for sure, though, is a lot of the players are going to be unfit coming into the season, and uh, I'm going to talk about that uh, together with the Man City and the Liverpool game uh, that we're just going to quickly unpack. Um, Mark, do you notice any, um, at least any obvious like fitness uh, things between between uh, okay in the uh, Liverpool and Man City game, either either on Liverpool side or on Man City side? Do the players clearly look like they're gonna come into the season a little bit um, out of shape? Yeah, definitely. Especially I'd say Manchester City, right? I think usually they're one of the hardest working, hardest running teams in the Premier League. But they kind of looked a bit undercooked yesterday. You know, they were a little bit sloppy. They didn't seem very aggressive. They were kind of like happy to just pass the ball very slowly and like not with high tempo, not with a high tempo. That's that's not what we're used to with a, a Man City team, especially not with a Pep Guardiola team. But yeah, they they looked a bit unfit. I'd say Liverpool looked a lot better. They looked a lot more prepared for the season. Probably maybe one or two players still just coming up to speed uh, with uh, with the intensity. But I'd say generally Liverpool looked good. And uh, I'd say as well for the rest of the, like, the other teams that I've seen in pre-season, I'd say Arsenal looked quite fit. United, we look fitter than we were last season. I don't know if that's saying much because we were absolutely shocking last season. But we also look fitter than we were last season. Chelsea, uh, they... I'd say 50-50. Some players do look good and others not so much. But yeah, I'd say it's a, it's a mix. Some teams are looking really good coming into the uh, the beginning of the season, while others still, I think they will need a little bit of time to get into the into the routine. Okay, it's good to have people on the podcast more prepared than me. I haven't seen any preseason games. Yesterday was literally my first. It's like the first game that I watched. <laughs> Lame. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I haven't seen any of the Arsenal games. I think I saw. I saw some of the goals. Uh, but you, I don't take anything. I don't take preseason that seriously. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, let's 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 yeah, let's, okay. let's, let's, let's quickly move on because we are still gonna be on yesterday's game because that's the only thing that I know. Uh, Nicholas, tell me, Darwin Nunes um, and and Erling Haaland. Obviously, Darwin Nunes has a you know few lucky. He has less minutes. He played less minutes yesterday. So less minutes to judge him on, but still, I think there's enough of a there were enough you know maybe touches or interactions that you could you could get something from it. I always say you probably only need to see a player for like three minutes, and then that tells you a pretty good idea of who he is. Um, what did you think of the two? Are there obvious comparisons? Is there is there something that you noticed that you feel like can't really be fixed by? Can't really be fixed by form or anything like that. Did it, what did you think of the two? Well, anything could be fixed by form, I suppose. Um, well, maybe just to like a really great extent. But uh, what I will say is, is that, um, of course, Ramzan, you haven't, you've admittedly not really paid attention to preseason. But Darren Nunez was under a lot of criticism for just two preseason games. And you just said the preseason shouldn't be something which you should judge players too heavily on. But this is like 
I think Mark would probably agree. This is one of those preseasons where people have taken to this preseason like extremely seriously. Like yeah. usually you shouldn't really care about preseason maybe too deeply because there's some teams that have a horrible preseason and they end up having a brilliant season. And there's some teams that vice versa they'll have a good preseason, but come the first few come the the first few games of the season they're gonna be dreadful. And for Darren Nunes' case, I actually did tell people, calm down. Like, if he scores, like, four goals tomorrow, all of you guys will shut up. I actually said that one time inside some, maybe some WhatsApp group chat. And if he did score four goals in one preseason game until, you know, I guess whatever team it was. And then all of a sudden, he gets subbed on in the game against Manchester City. Although we need to acknowledge that Liverpool did start their preseason earlier than Manchester City. And he did make a good impression because, of course... People are just like looking at him and thinking that, oh, he might not actually be that good. But he made the right movements for Liverpool. Yeah. He managed to get into the right positions. He looks like he does have pace on him. He's not slow. He's tall as well because he even scored a header to actually score the 3-1 goal. So that means he's actually a very dangerous striker. Everybody knows that tall and fast is a dangerous striker. And that's the same case with Holland. Tall and fast is a very dangerous striker in football terms. Because usually you have usually have like maybe like short and fast, tall and slow. That's like basically like the most basic way you could probably be as a footballer in terms of like having a, a usual attribute. But then that's why, you know, like Nunes is going to be a very da- dangerous player this season. I think he'll, based on the way Klopp actually likes to play, Nunes will probably have like, I think, an easier time uh, trying to transition. And Klopp will probably not play him too often he'll probably as he does with most new signings he will probably like ease him in as easy as possible because even when Fabinho Thiago when those guys came into the club he does take his time with new Mm. signings before he integrates them in in Pep's comparison Pep doesn't actually quite have the luxury to do that with Holland as much in terms of the fact that Holland needs to be firing goals for them because now they don't have Gabriel Jesus He's gone. Yeah. They they brought in uh they brought in uh what's his name uh Julian Alvarez as a second striker like he's he he looks he looks a good player, but in in terms of like the fact that City more or less didn't win the Champions League last season because maybe they weren't scoring, like not to say that they struggle for goals but it is good to still have somebody in the center there to actually mm. put those balls in and Holland kind of showed yesterday if you saw, De Bruyne was very frustrated with him. He wasn't making the right runs. No, that Guardiola, was one, that was yeah, one time. No, 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 no. That wasn't just one time. It was, <laughs> it, was on, it was on three. It was on three different occasions, and it was also one of those things whereby, like, it was. It just wasn't his day in general. But then you can just tell that it won't click just like that with Pep's system, because even Pep signings do also have a history of maybe not, you know, making it that easy. Mars came in. He took some time. Second season, he came back. Grealish came in. And you said that Grealish was a downgrade to Sterling. Let's not forget that. Grealish had a horrible first season. And even now, when you see Grealish starting, you, you're not, I, I know that you're not happy about it. I know that you're just yeah. thinking that oh, he's not looking too good. Even yeah. Rodri, Rodri first season, Cancelo first season, they weren't great. So it might actually take Holland the whole season to really actually integrate himself into the City team. But as a striker... You know, we, we never know with him. He might actually bang it. But all I know is that for now, like I, I won't I won't bet against Erling Holland, but people should respect Darren Nunez. I think he'll I think Darren Nunez might actually come better. Possibly. So yeah. You know, yeah, no. I oh, yeah, I think so, sorry, so. sorry, I'm sorry. Good. I think yeah, good, good, um good. Holland yesterday, he actually kinda went under the radar. The reason I say this is because I think he was making loads of good positive runs. It's just that he was never picked out. I think two I think he's quite used to playing on the fringes. So he's literally, as soon as he sees one of his teammates get the ball, he's off. And he needs that pass kind of played straight away. And too many times, I think the Man City players either didn't see him or he didn't play this, the pass straight away. And that's why maybe there was a bit of a disconnect between him and uh, the City players. But I think that's the thing that they will kind of get used to each other. They'll learn each other. They'll start realizing that Haaland will always be there and he'll always be willing to run. I remember uh, the first season when Van Persie came to United and he kind of struggled a little bit in the beginning. And he went on, obviously, to score 20, 20 plus goals that season and won the league. And after he gave an interview and he said, Fergie kind of sat everyone down and he said, guys, we've we've signed this player from Arsenal. He's a Mm. goal scorer. Mm. Look for him. Whenever you get the ball, just look for him and he will score goals. I feel like that's kind of what 
maybe Pep has to tell the City boys is just look for this guy because he will be there and he will score the goals. So, yeah, definitely Haaland. Haaland is one to watch for next season. Yeah, no, I, li- I like that Van Persie analogy. Uh, it goes hand in hand with what I keep saying about Lukaku. I just didn't feel like the Chelsea manager gave him, gave gave the squad enough, this is our guy sort of uh, energy to him. And, you know, we all know what has happened to Lukaku. I'm I'm the saddest yeah. person in the world. I had I, I had Lukaku being my top goal scorer <laughs> this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, just 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 don't blame Tuchel too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see him at Inter. We'll see him at Inter. But yeah, um Nicholas, I'm gonna throw this back to you again. Do you, is there anything else that you wanna say about the game just quickly before we go on to uh other more exciting things? Yesterday's game. Yeah, Jao Cancelo was absolutely dreadful. <laughs> okay, maybe that was just... Um, <laughs> no, no, but then I'm just, you know, like, just seeing him with the number seven shirt, just like, you know, I want to gouge my eyes out. I won't even lie to you. But, um, <laughs> no, um, I think uh, just, just in general, Liverpool did look very good. I think they're going to have a... I think City should be worried if Bernardo Silva... And we will talk about Barcelona later. Does actually go to Barcelona because right mm. now their team is in a transitional period, whether people want to say want to admit it or not. And sometimes in the transitional period, that means that you might have to sacrifice league position because you're trying to find a mix with a new team. Holland is in. They're looking to get Kukurea because you know Zinchenko and Jesus have left. They, uh, you know, Mares was looking very. Mares did not look good at all. In that first half, I think Kunaguro was actually doing a live stream and he was actually yelling for Mars to be subbed off because that's how bad Riyad Mars was, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, naturally. And I think, you know, Liverpool, in their case, they've only really offloaded Mane, who, um, you know, like, he was an important member of the team. But if Luis Diaz is really as good as Ramzan says he is, then that means that they won't really miss, <laughs> they won't really, <laughs> they won't really miss Mane that much. If that's the case, so that means that City should be very careful. Otherwise, they might have to settle for second this season. But we'll get to those predictions. Ooh, an early prediction. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. All right, I'm going to move on from that game because there's just tons of stuff that we're going to get through in this episode. But if you didn't catch it, obviously, uh, Liverpool Liverpool won the game 3-1. Haaland missed like in the 97th minute or something like that. I like the cheeky little smile that he did. It just showed me that, yeah, you know what? I know who I am. I know who I am. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you, guys, you, you, guys, you guys need to relax, right? Uh, so so that, I think that was a nice touch. I would have been, been sad if he decided to throw his... Throw his head into the ground then i'd have been like ah oh, there's no hope for this guy but yeah so um good vibes all around and obviously we're really happy the football is back officially i think when this game happens then you start to feel like football is back so um yeah um so i'm gonna go to the next thing now so arsenal two days ago uh, have announced a new club captain Yes, and it's Martin Odegaard, who is 23 years old, I believe, which is just a year older than me. You see the the gaps in accomplishment. (laughs) (laughs) Others are are captaining, others are captaining, (laughs) you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world and others are in university. Very, very nice stuff. But yeah, yeah, so uh, 23 years old, um, Arsenal captain. Let's. We can't lie that it's not heavy. Mark, tell me first. What What, what are your thoughts? I'm not gonna. I'm, I chose not to ask Nicholas because I know he's a fan. So what What are your thoughts first? Um, I'm not gonna lie. I was talking about this like before earlier with Sobani, and he said that he thinks Odegaard was gonna be captain, and I was like, I I don't I don't see it. I, you know, when I think of uh, an Arsenal captain. I want to like I think of like you know the greats like the Vieiras likes uh, someone who's kind of strong and aggressive in your team maybe Tierney but I think maybe Tierney's probably never fit that's why he's not the mm-hmm. captain but mm-hmm. uh yeah it took me by surprise I think he'll he'll do a good job but I don't know if like when you guys are when you guys are playing well I think definitely he'll do a good job and that will be fine yes. but when the going gets tough I don't know if he is the guy to like pick Arsenal up. That's that would be my only concern. I guess only time will tell. But yeah, it is it is interesting. It is an interesting appointment. Yeah. Uh, so with with that said, Nicholas, uh, obviously Arsenal does have a history 
with young captains, or at least some somewhat of a history with young captains. I don't know how old Cesc Fabregas was when he became captain, uh, but he definitely led the team very well, not to any league titles or anything like that, but through, through you know, quite difficult times. And Fabregas was a small player, very tough, very tough, tough mentality and everything, but uh, relatively small. Do you think that Odegaard in any way replicates what they are trying to, uh, you know, is is what they're trying to do with Odegaard similar to maybe Wenger's thinking with uh, Fabregas? It's, it's actually, you know, it's quite similar. I'm actually happy that you did mention that because, um, yeah, Fabregas was young when he actually got the captaincy, but the only problem was is that he ended up leaving. And with Martin Odegaard, having been at Real Madrid, having moved around, he's actually one of the most experienced young players that you can find in world football at the moment in terms of the fact that he's played first team football for such a long time since he was since he debuted in 16 well as a 16 year old and that means that he's actually been playing football at a top level for like maybe at least 47 years but the only thing which i actually do kind of like about the appointment is it's always about like how much subterfuge you have someone you know like the amount of like maturity that you have as a player and I think mm-hmm. this is a good move to have for your captain to be at 23 years old. You plan on him being around for a long time. But the most important attribute is that apparently he is the teacher's pet inside that Makarateta team. He's the guy that Makarateta trusts the most. He's the guy Makarateta will tell you, like, he will tell him to do this and he will get it done more than anybody else because people have described him as a teacher's pet. So that means that pretty much, like, it does make sense why he's the captain and i'm like i'm actually like you know I'm, I'm i'm pleased with it because that's what you should probably do it's the person that you trust the most it's better than having benjamin white as captain you know just because he's <laughs> english you know you know you could like Mikel could have easily I like arteta arteta could have easily just picked an englishman to be his captain easily just so that you had that vibe that harry kane vibe where you know like you're, you're english you're the englishman in the team and you get the captaincy really but i think it just works it just works, and it's not really about your age, because I think Granit Xhaka, for example, was a captain for Switzerland since he was like 23 years old, and he's always had that maturity, despite his, you know, his his issues, obviously. But there's nothing wrong with picking a young guy to do it, so long as you know that they have the mentality and they have like pretty much the personality to actually get it done. So no, I think there's just there's really nothing wrong with it, and I think more football clubs will generally do it. Because, yeah, like, you never know. Every team needs needs somebody which they trust in that dressing room. So it doesn't matter if you're old or young, as long as you have the respective team. Yeah, no, we'll put uh, the key thing, obviously, is time will tell. Uh, Mark puts it very nicely. If the season is going good, then it looks like a brilliant appointment. But uh, when things get, not when they get tough, but when, when they get tough for the team, uh, then, then it will start to... Uh, it maybe it maybe it becomes one of the first things that people will start to point fingers at. But yeah, let's see. Uh, Arsenal do look to be somewhat set to have a good season. They've had they've as you guys have said they've had a good preseason. Uh, a lot of the uh, Jesus is a great signing. Jesus is up there. He's up there for for Golden Boot as well. Brilliant, uh, brilliant signing. Yeah. Re- relax on the Golden Boot shot, but brilliant. Nah, nah I'm, I'm not, re- I'm not relaxing. Oh, <laughs> if, 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 if I think, I think some of the, some of the comments that people made uh, about Jesus earlier on was that they didn't think that, uh, okay, because he spent a lot of time on the wing and hasn't actually spent a lot of time starting, though having issues with his finishing. But I just like how dynamic he is, man. Like coming off the right into the center, coming off the left into the center. Uh, if he can mix well with the other with the other forwards who are also up and coming, uh, no, it, it might actually be a good season. But anyway, uh, now since we are on to signings, we might as well move on to uh, the last part of this segment before we move on to a pretty lengthy predictions, uh, which is just so some of the key transfers that have happened, and especially in relation to Barcelona. Uh, yes, I could go through the list of all the sightings that have happened for you, but that is not interesting, and you know all of them. Uh, Khalidou Koulibaly, for example, has gone to Chelsea. Raheem Sterling has gone to Chelsea. Um, and there are a bunch of other signings that have um, that have happened. But let's focus on Barcelona, because Barcelona's case is extremely interesting. Barcelona seemingly don't have any money, but are able to spend millions and millions and millions of pounds on the best players in the world. Um, <laughs> Nicholas, 
how does it happen? Or should I ask Mark? I don't know. Uh, uh, you guys can rock people scissors who wants to answer this. But how does this, first, how does it happen that they're able to do this without any money? All right. Um, I think I'll I'll take this. It is quite an interesting case. It is quite complex. And I don't understand everything. But the little I know is, uh, simply put, Barcelona are $1.3 billion in debt. Ever since the pandemic, their <laughs> revenue has been decreasing at a rapid at a rapid rate. It is crazy how much money that they have actually been losing. And when Laporta came in, this was this was kind of at the at the height of the uh, of the uh, pandemic when Bartomeu was uh, sacked. And what um, Laporta decided to do was restructure their debts. So all those debts were kind of short term and they needed to kind of be paid back immediately. And they restructured them to make them long term. So I think that over the next 10, 20 years is when Barcelona can start paying that $1.3 billion uh, back. But now the issue with the money they're spending comes down to La Liga's financial fair play rules. Now La Liga, unlike uh, UEFA or unlike FIFA, they kind of punish you before you can commit the crime. Yes. Uh, UEFA which, let is, you, which is better. <laughs> yeah, because UEFA, <laughs> we've seen, they kind of let you get away with the rules, break the rules, sign whoever you want, and then you win the Champions League and I'll punish you after. But La Liga do not let you do that. Basically, what they have in place is something called the squad cost limit. And it basically is the limit of the amount of money you can spend, right, for your squad. And it's made up of like your revenue and your costs and your expenses, all those, all those things. La Liga take them into consideration and they'll give you a number. And that number is basically how much money you can spend. If it's 500 million, that's the amount of money you can spend. If it's 200, that's the amount of money you can spend. Now, Barcelona's squad cost value over the last three seasons has been decreasing, right? And this season, it's actually at negative 144 million euros. So they couldn't, they actually had to like, get rid of a lot of of players or they had to start getting in a, a huge lump sum of money to start making any sort of transfers. And that's what we've seen them do with these palancas, which in in English means levers. So these economic levers that you've been hearing about. And mm. basically, there are three of them. So far, Barcelona have decided to trigger two. The first one is a 10% of their TV rights. They've sold 10% of their TV rights for the next 25 years. And that brought in about 250 million euros. The second economic lever was another 15% of their TV rights for the another 25 years. And that brought in about, I think, 330 million euros. So that has improved their squad cost value. And now La Liga is kind of looking at them a bit more favorably. I don't know what it is right now at the moment, but it is much better. However, it is not enough, right? Their squad cost, the, the money they brought in is not enough for them to register all the signings they have made. And that is why you're still, you're still hearing about uh, a lot of outs that need to kind of like leave Barcelona, a lot of players that need to leave Barcelona, like Frankie de Jong. A big reason why Frankie has kind of been touted as the player to leave is because he's one of the only Barcelona players that can command a huge transfer fee. And his oh, wages yeah. are astronomically high. So he kind of kills uh, two birds with one stone because he brings in money, which improves the revenue. And he is a huge expense, a huge cost. So he cuts down on that. And that will make, that will probably take Barcelona's squad cost limit to, to the value that they need to be at in order to register all their players. So it is quite complex. There are a lot of numbers involved. And it is interesting what Barcelona have decided to do because all the all the like the levers that they've pulled, right? Once you pull those, you can't pull them again. Oh, I didn't mention the third one. The third lever is forty nine. I think it's forty nine point nine percent of all their merchandising for the next twenty years. And once once you so once you sell that, you can't sell it again, right? So they mm -hmm. need to make sure that this squad is successful because, like I said at the beginning, there's still one point three billion dollars in debt. So if this mm -hmm. squad that they're investing in, if they're not successful, if they don't go on to win trophies and they can't pay back that debt, Barcelona will be in serious, serious trouble. So it is interesting. It will be interesting to see what happens from now on. But I expect Barcelona to kind of like put 
their all into this season and into the coming seasons and try to win as much as they can because they, frankly, they need to in order to survive. They need to. So yeah, that is the situation of Barcelona. Yeah, let me give you a bit of a break. That was that was quite a mouthful, but like so much said in in uh, you know in a, in a few paragraphs. Uh, um, well done, man. Uh, you you might as well get like I don't know a sports finance degree with with everything that you said there. <laughs> a lot a lot a lot of information there. Um, I'm just gonna go through like the last thing that you said um, about them having to then be very successful um, right now. So with the players that they've they've signed, they it doesn't seem to be very forward looking. I mean, when you think about something like 25 years, okay, they've structured their debt 25 years. They must they must be making money basically um, immediately, as you're saying, right? Uh, they don't they haven't made signings that are very forward looking. Uh, Lewandowski's 34. Yes, Rafinha. I don't know how old Rafinha is, but Frank Kessy, um, who who knows how long he'll be in the team. Uh, they're looking at Aspiriqueta and Marcos Alonso, I think, still uh, still to come. Uh, Nicholas, I think given what Mark has said, do you think that then the players that they've signed are in or are the optimal players to help them, not just today, but then in the long run as well? Look, it's, it's clear that they are actually building a team right now with Xavi to to hit the ground running right now. Christensen is 26. I don't know whether people know that. Um, you know, Frank Kessie's 25. Lewandowski's already like what, like mid 30. He's been like 32 or 33 years old for the past 10 years now. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but, but, but then, but then you get what I'm saying. They they are getting players which are ready made to challenge for La Liga at the very least right now. And dare I say, Xavi's probably looking to win the Champions League. I really think he is because now they've also got Kunde, who's probably like the youngest player they purchased. Rafinha's 25. So they've gotten like basically 25 is an age where I think like you're past being a youngster. You're still young, but you're kind of past being a youngster and you're going towards your prime. Some people actually peak at 25 and, you know, like they actually get like their best performance out at like at 25 years of age. So I know that he's building a team to win the league immediately for sure. And I think Dara said he's going to he's going to build a team. He's actually like this is a team which he wants to go far in the Champions League. And with the management that we saw last season, it means that obviously they have the the level of management to compete with your Peps and your Klops. I really do think so. But I think they want to see if the players that they have now can actually help them challenge. Because now, like, I their attack right now is absolutely world-class. As in, like, just, just pound for pound in terms of, like, what you can get from them from a single season. It's almost like winning a race in a single lap. You have Aubameyang, who may be old, but he's, st- he's still a very good striker. And he's shown last season that he can do it in one season. And he can still, like, give you something. You have Lewandowski as well. Wins the golden boot pretty much every year. He's in the prime of his career, even at the age that he's in. They have, they have Dembele on Rafinha on one side. They have Ansu Fati. They still have Memphis Depay inside that team. They have Ferran Torres, which is still, like, a very promising player. I really do think that, you know, pretty much, like, this is actually the best strategy for them to go into in order to pay back that money, like Mark says. And they have to. They're like, it's a team that they, they need to win trophies immediately. And I'm actually very confident for them because I think, you know, these days, if you just find, like, a very basic formula and you manage to get, like, a very good 11 through, they, yeah, it's, there's a lot riding on this. So I think, yeah, that's pretty much what they're looking for. Short-term options. And, yeah, I, I do expect them to win trophies. And, yeah, there's not there's not really much much else to actually look into because Xavi's under maybe not pressure from the board, but maybe still under pressure. But pressure, like, on the club in general, Laporta as well, because we might be seeing a situation whereby if they don't do what they need to do, we won't have Barcelona in the next few years. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, since since we have talked about this now for a while, and I do want us to move on to the, on to the last segment. Mark, I'm just going to throw the last one at you. Nicholas has told us all the attacking options that Barcelona has. What do you think is your ideal front three um, at the, for the very first game of the season? Uh, what are they going to start with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think right from there's no wrong answers the way the way i like to play and the way what i like to see 
Definitely. There, Us- there, there Usman. is wrong answers, by the way. Just <laughs> Us- Usman Dembele, Dembouz. Is, is, is a wrong answer. <laughs> no, he's not getting near my starting 11. But definitely, <laughs> wow. Usman Dembele, that guy, right wing, he starts, without a doubt. Lewandowski, for me, he starts, without a doubt. The left wing, I'd probably say Ansu Fati. I, I, I enjoy watching Ansu play, and I'd probably play him. That would be my starting front three. Right, cool. No, thanks, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, uh, very insightful stuff. I will come back to this episode when Benzema lifts both the Champions League and the La Liga trophy <laughs> next season. <laughs> and after Barcelona uh, spending all that money, get nothing but a bunch of second place medals. Be, yeah. Before <laughs> we before we close cry the me segment, a river, though, won't you cry me a river? Oh my God. <laughs> before we close the segment, though, I would just like to say for all the Barcelona fans out there, you know your motto is Mesque un club which means more than a club. And the way I think Barcelona has treated some of their players, like Frankie and Umtiti and Pique, trying to like force them to like take pay cuts and not paying them their money, which they are contractually obliged to do, has been shocking. And I don't know if you guys are still living by that Meske in club, something to think. Bro, about. You, you sound you sound like Gary Neville, literally. Yeah, asking. he does sound like Gary Neville. Gary Neville literally asked De Jong to sue Barcelona, man. Like, <laughs> no, like he should. He should. I I agree. He should. He should. He get get your money. Get your bag, bro. That's Yo, your whatever. Contract. You know, get whatever, it. Mark. Whatever, Mark. Let's <laughs> let, let's get to the let's get to the next segment. All right, in this segment, we're going to be talking about our predictions for next season. I know it's it's always so much fun to predict and like to kind of give our opinions and our views, but like we <laughs> at least me personally, I usually get a lot of things wrong. So it'll be interesting to hear what everyone has to say, and I'm sure at the end of next season, we will come back and we'll listen to our predictions again and we'll see who got the most right. So to start us off, we're going to start with the top six prediction. Who do you think is going to be... Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to make top four? And who do you think the two Europa spots are going to go to? Uh, I'll start with Nick on this one. Yeah, um, just to be clear to everyone, this is, you know, for the Premier League, the biggest league in the world. We we, we all love it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, um... <laughs> what 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 you, you think people are gonna think La Liga? Or maybe, or maybe or maybe do you want to talk about the TNM Super League, huh? Okay. So <laughs> eventually eventually we will start having more Malawian segments. I just need to get my my feet in the ground. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> now we'll we'll get there obviously. Um yeah, no, I think I think this season is gonna be one of the best seasons in recent memory because it seems as though everybody really is taking this season very seriously. People have been making moves in the transfer market. People have been trying to basically like is, extend their, you know, their ventures as much as possible. Um, I think City and Liverpool will probably still run away with it as it stands. But I do think the top four are closing the gap on them, maybe just slightly with some of the movements that they're trying to make. I do think Conte is dangerous. I do think that Ten Hag might have something. But in general, I think City will retain. Um, I just can't really bet against them. I'm not going to go like all the way on the back door, like Ramzan last year predicting City fourth. So I'm just you know, I'm going I'm going I'm going City first to retain. I know they, they just lost the community shield, but only like one of the last ten community shield winners have actually won the league by the way. So that's a very big stat. Um City first, Liverpool, you know, second again, unfortunately for them. I know that'll be very frustrating for them. Um I think Spurs and I think Spurs will finish third because I think I think Conte's just gotten it right. Like, I know that maybe, like, if if your team had Conte's transfer window, bringing in, like, 50-year-old Ivan Paris, bringing in a Richarlison, <laughs> a, a Richarlison, which, you know, is way, you know, he's not as good as people think he is type of Richarlison. Yeah, he really isn't, eh? <laughs> and, he miss, and he misses a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, and also, like, I don't know, like, Longley, is he really a good player still? Um, I think, yeah, they, they have brought in Jed Spence from Nottingham Forest. An okay player, but you know he might end up being mid still, like. But then no, Conte is very. He's saying Bissouma. He's saying Bissouma. No, no, no. But yeah, no. I was about to get that. But Bissouma is a good one. 
But is, does he get ahead of Benton, Cora, and Hoybier? Probably one of them, but it's one of those things where, like, you know, like, it's just he, what he does is that he gets functional players for every position to play a style that will suit him. So he doesn't necessarily need superstars to make it work. So he'll play a three, he'll play a three, four, three, or a three, five, two, whatever it's going to be. And he's going to make a solid team. He managed to beat Manchester City last season. He got a draw at Anfield last season. He knows how to get a good performance out of his players, you know, with even with his first team. That wasn't really that good last season. He knows how to get the best out of Harry Kane. Harry Kane loves working with him. So that's why I think he's going to finish third. Ricard Ted and Arsenal, I do really have that sense of feel that they are ready for this season compared to the last season. <laughs> I think they're good. I think they're going to finish fourth just because I think they need to make that step up one position. I did predict fifth last season, by the way, I was on. I did predict fifth, and they did finish fifth. So that means that I do think that they have to finish one position above. Otherwise, Mikel Chet is definitely getting sacked if that's the case, or at least people will call for his head. And from there, United fifth. And although I have been telling Ramzan to back off a of Tuchel, I think Tuchel's finishing six. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know that's counterintuitive, but I think it's not, it's not, it's not the manager's fault. It's just that Barcelona have really, like, dug into their the people that told Boyle, the new manager, sorry, the new owner of Chelsea. I've been looking for players that Barcelona have ended up getting. And the thing about Topoli is he has such an American perspective where he wants top five players, no scouting system, just wants the best players, which other, you know, big teams are going for, literally. Like it's like the second round of the draft or something. Like literally that's what he's going for. <laughs> so um, so I really do think that Chelsea will finish sixth this season. I don't, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean they won't win a trophy, but I think Chelsea finished sixth. So yeah, that's my order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. That is... Some a few hot takes there, but yeah, that's a okay, <laughs> interesting opinion, Nick Ramzan. What do you think? Okay, now hear me out. Oh no, I am never gonna. Yeah, come that, that, here. that that doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> I am never gonna come here and give you guys boring takes. I am going to go all out. I am a lottery player. Because if it works, then I look like I'm so smart. I look like I'm smarter than everyone. <laughs> so I'm not going to give you boring takes. I'm going to give you the most, I'm going to give you the hardest takes that I can possibly think of. The top six is going to be the same. I don't think, I don't think that um, the other teams have, have done much. Of course, the other teams have done well. Leeds, Leeds managed to recruit well, even after losing Rafinha and Calvin Phillips. I think they, 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 uh, they did try. Um, I think they got Sinistera, I think, and uh, some other signings that I just can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but without making this um, this part too long, because we do have a lot of predictions to go through. I think if Ten Hag, if, if the team doesn't turn on Ten Hag, I'm hoping they don't. But if the team doesn't turn on Ten Hag, mm-hmm. I think United finishes first. <laughs> One wait, wait. No, okay, okay, no, okay. no, 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 that, that is <laughs> okay, no, okay, no, okay, no. Okay, okay. guys, 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 <laughs> no, wait. Oh, Ramzan, Who Ramzan, you have to be Who kidding me, mate. You have to be kidding me, mate. Let the man speak. Let the man speak. For one reason alone, I am so confident that they're gonna get Frankie Dion. Mm. And Frankie Dion and Bruno are then gonna be the two best midfielders in the in the league, mm. right? In 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 my in my opinion, and hey, if you have an opinion, you start your own podcast, okay? In my, <laughs> I th- I think that I think that Frankie Dering and Bruno Fernandes will be the two best midfielders in the league. I don't know how they work out the balance with Eriksson and and wh- whoever, but but if the team does not turn on Ten Hag, and if Ten Hag does not turn on Bruno, and they manage the Ronaldo situation somewhat okay, I think they have a good chance. The other teams have a lot of World Cup players. Uh, Darwin Nunes goes to the World Cup. Salah goes to uh, wait. Does Salah actually go to the World Cup? I don't think so. No. Oh, it was it was a uh, it was a uh, Senegal that one, isn't it? Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, um, scratch that. But Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson all go to the World Cup. They all started the World Cup. Trent Alexander Arnold is going to start at the World Cup. Van Dijk, Allison, they all going to go. They all going to go to the World Cup. And I think the Liverpool squad is actually a bit thin. Um, I have no doubt that they're all going to be exhausted after the World Cup. Um, 
City has a similar sort of situation. Now, the good thing about about Man United is yes, they have World Cup players, but they don't have World Cup starters. It doesn't look like De Gea is going to start at the World Cup. Uh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo will, of course, but then he's Ronaldo, so you can't really say much. Bruno Fernandes doesn't look like he's going to start. Um, Jaden Sanchez and Rashford don't look like they're going to start either. They don't even. They might not even go. We don't even yes, know Rashford's going to go. They don't really look like. Yeah, so some of them don't even look like they're going to go. So at the end of it. Man United may just benefit from having the freshest team. That's what I think, right? Now, 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 obviously, this is a wild take. I don't, I don't know if I really believe United is going to win the league. But if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do a podcast and I'm gonna have to say something that's kind of like out of pocket, then I have to choose United to win the league. So I think United is going to win. Um, on talent, I would then go Liverpool, Man City, Spurs. I would then go Chelsea, Arsenal. I still think Arsenal finishes sixth, but I think that. Um, Jesus has an amazing season. And then I think he goes to Bayern Munich next year. Because Bayern Munich, Bayern, Bayern Munich didn't, sign a, uh, didn't sign a striker. I think I actually think that Bayern Munich should have, should have managed the Lewandowski situation a lot better. They should have known that he was going to be out the door. They should have gone in for Jesus like much earlier than they did. But I think that if he has a really good year, um, I think that Jesus uses Arsenal as a stepping stone and he goes to Bayern or something like that next season. That's what I think. Well, that that will com- that will command a very high fee because he's on a which is fine. Which he's on a fight, but then that that's almost unheard of leaving after one. I don't really th- I don't think that's happening. But like, I, well, I think that's very unlikely. But yeah, Ramzan, wow. I mean, if you're yeah, obviously if you're here, if you're listening to the podcast. I think just switch it off right now because you're not going to hear a better take than that. That is the best take <laughs> I have heard in. Uh, in ages, that is what a take. What a take. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, United, United get... could win like United could end up losing like six games in a row at the start of the season, and then it's over. Yeah, you know, and yeah. especially if you don't get Frankie De Jong, then it's over because you, no, you gonna, can't do get... McTominay and Fred. You can't do McTominay and Fred and, and win the league. We are, we are gonna, we are gonna get Frankie. Yeah, Ramzan, Ramzan, just you know, giving out that take makes me want to like, like get a chainsaw and just cut my ears off. Like my ears are bleeding <laughs> just hearing all that. But then whatever, like. I... Like it's his prediction anyway. Who knows? Because you know anything can happen, right? Still. All right. Um, my prediction for top six. I won't take any time. I think City win the league. Liverpool second. Spurs third. Man United fourth, and I finish the top four. Arsenal sixth, and I do think. I mean, Arsenal fifth, sorry. And Chelsea sixth. I do think Tuchel will get the sack, and I think he will finish sixth this season. That is my take. Moving on from the top six. The relegation battle. Last season, the relegation battle went like basically to the last day. It went all the way to the last day. It was really entertaining. Good football all year round. How do you guys think it's going to go this season? Do you see it going down to the wire? Or do you think it's kind of like cut straight through? You, you already know and have an idea who's going to get relegated. Ramzan, what do you think? I'm glad you started with me. Now, for me, it is very simple. Everton is going down. There's no way... Southampton <laughs> is going down. There's no way. <laughs> and, and, and it's it's about time. These two teams, okay, especially Everton, bro. They got out. They got away with it on a whisker, and then they lost Richardson. Like like it's they they're gonna they're gonna go down. They're gonna go down. I, there's there's no way they make it out. Southampton also also goes down, and there's this surely there's one team that has come up and is gonna go straight down. So, so I'm gonna go Bournemouth. I think I'm gonna go Bournemouth, Southampton, and Everton. Okay, <laughs> Nick, what do you? Pretty, pretty, pretty early on Everton. I think Everton. I think it's gonna be like over for Everton by like January, right? <laughs> really? Yes, and I think Lampard is the first manager to get sacked. Oh, then, we'll, then, we'll, we'll get then, to that. And then, and then Tuchel. Yeah, we'll get we'll, <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get to that. Nick, what do you think? Relegation? Who's getting relegated this season? Fulham straight back down, like there's just <laughs> there's there's no but then they they're like basically Watford but in white they're basically Watford but in white, like there's nothing that suggests to me that Fulham isn't going back down. Ramzan just says that okay Southampton are gonna go back down just because it's a, it's a matter of time. But Fulham aren't really gonna Fulham are gonna keep them up is basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Because literally, they're still like I don't care if Mitrovic scored forty goals in the championship. He's gonna score forty goals in the championship, and he goes straight back to six goals a season mode next season, like literally. 
you know, I just don't think, you know, they've, they've done too much. And they also, they also like, sold, like, one of their best players. I think, what's his name, Corvalio to Liverpool. Like, lost him. I'm not too sure what type of signings they've made, but there's just nothing that suggests that Fulham will stay up. I think Everton will go down just because I think Frank Lampard, quite frankly, is a mid-manager. Like, when I'm looking at the talent ID that he signs for that Everton team, there's, like, you know, when he signed Donny van de Beek and, and Deli Alley on loan, like, he just did absolutely nothing with them. It's almost like, yeah, they did survive off for Charleston. I just sold them. I think they just bought, what, James Tarkovsky? And, like, I'm not really sure. Like, I don't know whether there's another sign. I think they made a forward signing of some sort as well. Uh, but Dwight, Dwight McNeil from Burnley. Dwight, yeah, they got Dwight McNeil, right? Like, Dwight McNeil literally just got relegated with Burnley. Not to say that he won't do well with Everton, but then it's not necessarily, like, the most, like, exciting signing. I mean... Like all he does is just whip the ball into the box and then you just hope that somebody gets an end of the header. And we don't we're not very really sure whether like Dominic Carver Lewin is actually gonna be doing well this season with injuries. So like I think I'll go I'll go Everton Fulham and I think uh yeah, I think I'll probably put hmm. You know, third team is actually quite difficult for me. But yeah, possibly I'll say possibly wolves. The only reason why I'm saying that is is because I just don't trust him like that, because Jimenez hasn't been doing very well, very yeah, well in the past few seasons. Oh, yeah, oh my he's days! Not, he's not the player that he was. Yeah, just just because like I think you know I just don't really think they have a quality team, but I do think that they will have a struggle. I think Bournemouth for some reason I do trust them to somewhat stay up. I don't know because they just they've always had a very good team spirit, and you know that can that can get you places. So yeah. I'm going Wolves, Everton, and Fulham. Nick, that is actually it's crazy because I thought I'd be I'd have more takes in common with Ramzan than you, but like that's basically exactly who I think is going to get relegated. Apart from Everton, I think uh, Fulham go down, Wolves go down. Same same reasoning. I think Jimenez hasn't been hasn't been scoring goals. I think their their attack's been looking a little thin. And Neto Net, Neto is in there, obviously, mm, but then mm, yeah, sometimes, but, some, but then sometimes even with Leeds last year, but then Leeds are also in there. I have to say, I have to say Jesse Marsh, like no, nah, but they, but know, they recruited, but they recruited. no, 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 they they may have recruited, but never have I trusted an American manager. I was on, come on, <laughs> this guy, like, like, no, no, like no, well, no, no, but honestly, like post match, I I don't believe a word he's saying. I know he's a football <laughs> manager, but I don't believe a word he's saying. <laughs> But yeah, no, for me, Leeds are definitely in there. But I think Wolves, like, I don't know, there's just something about them which I just don't trust very much. But Jesse Marsh has team spirit. That's why I think maybe he might finish 17th. Yeah, I agree. The only, I think the only difference is I I do think Bournemouth are going down. I think Scott Parker, he's not he's not going to survive. I think he, he will go down. I know you're saying they have good team spirit, but I just, I think the quality, I just don't think they have it. Maybe they'll benefit from that break when there's World Cup football and they don't really have many players going abroad. But yeah, I don't think, I think they're going to go down. But yeah, uh, moving on from that, Golden Boot. We've spoken about Highland, we've spoken about Nunes. But yeah, who do you guys think is going to win the Golden Boot? Who do you guys think is going to be top scorer? Ramzan, Ramzan's still going to say Lukaku, even though he's <laughs> <laughs> um, No. Salah probably has the best chance, given now that he's not playing World Cup. Kane surely will be shattered. No, he won't be shattered, because um, um, England is going to get out um, like in quarterfinals or something like that, or group stage, surely. Um, I've either I've either got Kane, I've either got Kane, Kane if he's not tired, and then Salah. I hope Kane starts well, because if he starts well, then he's going to win for sure. But and then and then Salah. Yeah. Nick, that's it. <laughs> I think I think Kane is gonna I think Kane is gonna win it. Um, reason being because I think Conte got an okay level out of him last season with Son. Um, but then it's just that Kane flopped. He actually went like three or four months without scoring. Remember? And yeah, because because he, he, he didn't want because he didn't yeah, want to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then and then and then all of a sudden, like last season, taught me how quickly you can rack up ten goals. Sterling and Kane were in horrible form, and then all of a sudden, December they rack up ten goals by Jan in just like what like four or five game weeks out of nowhere. Like it just showed me how quickly you can get ten goals. So if he starts off like off the bat, then he always edges out Salah for me. 
mostly because like I don't know, he just has that knack of like making sure that he can score like maybe like I can see him scoring like double hat tricks like towards the end of the back end of the season back to back. Uh, not to say that Salah can't win it, but I think Kane, also because he hasn't won in a while, and because I think Tottenham will finish third, you know, teams that finish third or fourth or fifth have a tendency of having that one guy that scores a lot of goals just to actually help you secure those top four places. So I think, yeah, Kane for me. I'm happy that none of you guys said Jesus. I would have thrown a riot. But I think Golden Boot is going to go to Haaland. I think he benefits from not playing World Cup. And I think as soon as he and City start clicking, I think you guys forget as well. Yesterday, he was basically playing against the best defence in the league, bar, bar City. So it was, it was quite tough, but he still got chances. He still probably should have scored one or two goals. So I definitely think as the season goes on, he'll score loads of goals. But yeah, I, I think Haaland is going to win the Golden Boot. Now we'll do these two, the next two in unison. Player of the Year and uh, Manager of the Year. Who do you guys... Think it's gonna win those. Let me go first. Now, if United wins the league, uh huh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Surely, Player of the Year has to be Bruno Fernandez. So, oh, gonna... <laughs> oh my <laughs> days! What? <laughs> if United win the league, Bruno will be United, Player of the Year. United, if United wins the league, surely Bruno has to be Player of the Year because United can't win the league if Bruno isn't like playing on God level, basically. Wow. Uh, but but okay, but let's 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 throw in something a bit more realistic. Um I think that Thiago has a really strong shout this season to be player of the year. Right. I know it's another wild take given his level of fitness, but yo, when Thiago is just in peak form, he's just in peak form. Like he like sometimes I, I watch him like when I was watching him play yesterday, um him and Fabinho look like miles ahead of Henderson, like miles ahead. Like yeah. they just look way, they just look way better than him, and and yeah, he, he's not again, he's not high volume, he's not high assists, high goals or anything like that, but yo, he stabilizes that midfield so nicely. Uh, he's worth every penny that they spent for him, and this might just be the season if he can stay fit. If he can stay fit, I really don't see why Thiago doesn't get the praise that he should, that he definitely deserves. So, um, I'm gonna go midfielders. I'm gonna go midfielders this season. Um. I think I think either Thiago or if Man United wins the league, Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm guessing that means for Manager of the Year, you're going Ten Hag then. Ten Hag Manager of the Year. Yeah, I yeah I'd, I'd either go Ten Hag because I think I think the thing is with Ten Hag it has to do something special. Um, so yeah, I would actually go Ten Hag for Manager of the Year. Provided that he doesn't fall out with the team, because I think that there is a real possibility there. I've seen how he's talking to the players, and you know English players are soft. So provided that he doesn't fall out with the team, um, I think it's pretty special. I think he wins manager of the season as well. Yep. All right, Nick. Uh, you know, player of the year is a very difficult one, but I think the the top the top two teams obviously they always have a good shot to have a player there. Like I think I'm gonna go for Jack Grealish. Okay, I'm joking. That that is that is ridiculous. No <laughs> <laughs> no 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 no. Um um you know Son Heung Min Son Heung Min. Um the reason why I say that is is because last season he kind of like showed how good he can be as basically winning the Golden Boot. Um I think Kane may marginally outscore him, but I think they'll probably be up there in the twenties to both of them. Son will probably get maybe like a very good rack of assists, and I think he'll be very important for Tot- for Tottenham and Conte as their most important player. So that's why I think Son, he's overdue for it, but I think he can win PFA Player of the Year for yeah. sure. Um, and then for Manager of the Year, just to annoy Ramzan, Thomas Tuchel. Okay, that that is also that is also an exaggeration. No, 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 no. I think I've just been beefing Ramzan a bit too much today. Uh. I think yeah, con- I think it had to be between Conte and Arteta, because those third and fourth positions. The problem is that the the manager that usually wins the league wins the uh, the manager of the year, or sometimes even the second place manager. But I think it has to be between third and fourth, the f- third and fourth place managers because of how good they may end up being with their teams. So it has to be between Conte and Arteta, but because I think Spurs will finish just above. I think Conte may actually take it. Just because I just have a feeling that he's going to get a really good balance of the team for Spurs and, you know, rack up some very good performances to get to be the closest third place team to City and uh, 
and to Liverpool. So yeah, it's a good tick, bro. I like that. Yeah, um, I'm happy you're giving Son his flowers. I love Son, but I don't think he's going to be player of the year next season. I think, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit boring, but I think it will be KDB. I I just can't see how anybody wins it other than him. When I when I watch the guy play, literally, he, he impresses me every time I watch him play. And I've watched him play loads of times, but he keeps surprising me with what he can do. And, like, I kind of... when It's been a week without watching KDB and you watch him on a Saturday. You kind of forget how good he is and then you see him play, you're like, oh, my days, this guy, he is phenomenal. But, yeah, I think player of the year, KDB again. If not KDB, then maybe Salah, but I think KDB wins it. And uh, I think manager of the year will be between Eric Ten Hag and Conte. I think Ten Hag will surprise a lot of people. I don't, I don't think you I don't think you guys are ready, really. I don't think you guys are ready for the Ten Hag era. But just know it it has Lame. begun. It has begun. He is here and he's not here to take part. He's here to take over. Alright? So Ten Hag uh, and Conte, I those are my my votes for manager of the year. Now to finish this off I think you kind of already know what Ramzan is going to say. But who do you guys think is going to be the first manager to get sacked this season? I'll, I'll start with Nick on this one. Definitely Eddie Howe. What? Newcastle, Newcastle, Newcastle have very high expectations going into this season. Um, I think it's one, it's going to be one of those things whereby, like, if they're very dissatisfied with the performance, which Eddie Howe could probably get in terms of the amount of investment that they're getting in, then he could end up being the first manager sacked. And then they might see if they can get a superstar manager in to replace him. That way they can actually try to see if they can get some progression into next year and to get into European football. Because I do think European football is actually their aim next year. And, you know, Eddie Howe could, could be the guy, really. You never know. I just, I just have, I just have a ruthless streak, which I think they might actually have. But you know, you know, big toot outs to uh, Scott Parker, and I know Ramzan's probably gonna say Frank Lampard for sure. So yeah. <laughs> All right, Eddie Howe, interested. Ramzan, go on. Yeah, Nick, Nick, I do, I do like your take about about Newcastle. I actually completely forgot them in my talk in my top six discussion. Yeah, yeah, Newcastle will be right up there. Um, they've made good signings as well. Um. I wouldn't go Eddie Howe. I think that if if the new owners should learn something, um, is that superstar managers are definitely in decline. Like they are not they are not what's what's hot right now. Uh, what's hot right now is people who've either played football or have been assistants for a long time. Uh, we must move on from Jose Mourinho. I love Mourinho, but we must move on from him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, um, for me, my first on the chopping block is is, is Frank Lampard. Surely, he, I think he's gonna get exposed. I wish he, I wish they signed, because now what you know what's gonna happen now? He's gonna say, I didn't get any support from the owners. They didn't let me sign anyone. He's gonna have, he's gonna come with excuses. I wish he signed a bunch of players, and and I think I think I heard something like he was trying to poach some of the uh, Chelsea academy players, uh, but just hasn't been able to. I don't I don't know. This I think this transfer the transfer window is still on, so we're gonna see. But he definitely goes first. He definitely goes first. They're gonna be lost. They're gonna be lost like from the start of the season. I <laughs> <Like>, trust. <laughs> I I agree. I agree with you, Ramzan. I think Frank Lampard. I think he goes first. I don't. I don't understand how he keeps getting jobs as a job as a manager. Honestly, like to get the Chelsea. It's because, it's, it's because he's English and he played for England literally, <laughs> and he's a Chelsea legend. Like that's literally it. Yeah, I I guess so. Because that's literally the only credentials he has. First of all, him taking over Chelsea, crazy decision, and rightly so, he was sacked. That was I thought that was natural selection taking place. Uh, <laughs> but and I didn't see him coming back into the Premier League anytime soon because I was like, oh, he's just not that type of a manager. He's not at that level. And lo and behold, Everton. He wasn't even Everton's first choice. Everton wanted Rooney. And Rooney was like, nah, I'm not ready yet. I'm not going to come to the to the, to the Prem just yet. And they're like, okay, let's go for Frank Lampard. I don't know who signed off on that decision and why they made that decision. But I think, ultimately, it, they will decide that he's not the right man. I don't see anything special about Frank Lampard and, and the way he manages players. I think Nick already talked about his recruitment last season when he signed Deli Alli on a permanent. Deli Alli looks awful right now. He signed Van der Beek on loan. Van der Beek did nothing. I mean, 
he has there's no positives coming out of Everton right now. So I do think he'll be the first uh, uh, manager to be sacked. But um, yeah, that ends our prediction segment. Everything is recorded. It's going to be on the, in- on the internet. It will be there forever. So we will get a chance <laughs> to come back and re-listen uh, to our takes after everything is said and done. And I, I, I hope you guys are going to be able to stand by what you've said. I hope there won't be any weaseling out of it. But yeah, that's that's been the end of, of this segment. And I don't know if anyone has anything to say before we end. No, I think that is the end of the episode. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Uh, good stuff, uh, good takes. You know, uh, Mark, Nicholas, you know me. I'll stand by my, uh, you know, lottery takes. Uh, I'm very confident in myself. So, yeah, I can't wait to see Benzema lifting Champions League and uh, United, Bruno Fernandes, hopefully, because Maguire, I hope Maguire gets injured so that Fernandes can lift the Premier League as well. (laughs) (laughs) And I think with that, with that being the last thing that I say, I promise in future episodes I will be more serious and I will give, like, very serious um, takes so that, you know, I'm not being looked at like a fraud. But uh, yeah, I think with that being the last thing that is said, uh, let us end this episode here. Thank you so much for listening. Please share um, and please let us know what you think. Bye bye.